Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Hey everybody, I'm Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris. You are on the Next Level Biz Tech podcast. Welcome back for another week. Um, this week we're talking mobility. We're talking IoT and, and everything in between. And uh, I have the honor of being joined by Max Silber, VP of Mobility and IoT at Mettel. Max, welcome on. Thanks for having me. Nice to chat with you again. Max, so uh, you know, we know we know you're out there crushing it on mobility and IoT and, and really helping our partners and helping the customers understand that. Before we get into the the nuts and bolts of it, I, I want to hear a story. Um, I it, It's it's becoming my favorite part of doing this is, is understanding how people got into this space. So so we know you have this cool title at an awesome company, but where did it start? How did you get here? So how did I stumble into <laughs> network and technology is usually you know what I kind of think of because I feel like everyone... You know, when they went to, to school, or, or, or certainly when I went to school, this wasn't like a career path necessarily. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was still pretty early on. I actually was planning to um, either go into finance, because I studied finance investments and economics, and either go into finance and become an economist, or I wanted to actually be a, a trader on the New York Stock Exchange. That was, you know, my life goal. That was the direction I was, you know, I grew up watching Wall Street and all those great movies uh, with Gordon Gecko. Uh, but but of course, when I graduated college in the early 90s, uh, the job market was just horrific. So it was, you know, my parents kind of looked at me and said, if someone offers you a job, you take it. Um, and sure enough, I got this uh, technology or communication company uh, called GTE back in the day. It was a phone company. So they had a satellite division called GTE SpaceNet. And they made me a really great offer to be what I thought was the most amazing job you can get straight out of college, they offered me an assistant country manager gig. Ooh. And I was like, I can't believe these guys must be desperate. <laughs> they're going to take some kid out of school and they're literally going to make them the assistant country manager of the United States. Well, it, it turned out it wasn't exactly that. Uh, the country was actually Ecuador. <laughs> and uh, th so they sent me down to Ecuador and I, and I said, hey, by the way, I, I, you didn't ask during the interview process, but I don't speak a word of Spanish. So I have no idea what I'm doing and I know nothing about satellite communication. And they said, don't worry, we're going to train you uh, and we're going to teach you Spanish while you're down there too. Oh. Well, two weeks into that gig, uh, you know, one thing led to another. Uh, the country manager had a big uh, fight with the headquarters back in Langley, Virginia. Uh, they got rid of the country manager and they said, congratulations, you're now the acting country manager. <laughs> so th that was really a pivotal point. Um, in my in this career, where I kind of had to say to myself, like, am I really going to embrace this and and become the best at it and learn everything I can? And that's exactly what I did. And and funny enough, I fell in love with it. And I know everything there is to know about satellite communication. I could set up an an earth station uh, in your backyard if you needed me to. Uh, so I got all that training. I got I got to know every intricate part. I got to learn Spanish. I got to learn how to negotiate contracts in Spanish. So I got a little bit of everything. And and yeah, that that kind of from there just catapulted as technology started exploding into where I am today. So not 
not the normal path, but I think like a lot of people, you know, I kind of stumbled into it, fell in love with it and stuck with it. Uh, again, yes, uh, my favorite segment of this call. Uh, uh, you know, just the value of just saying yes. I mean, think about think about where your life would have been had you said, ooh, that's scary. No, uh, I, I, I can't do this. There's no way versus... Yeah, let's just figure it out. Uh, why not, right? There's probably something great here. I got a great opportunity. Let's just figure it out and look and look where it put you. So, kudos to you, man. Yeah, and I obviously I'm I'm okay with taking risks because you know my parents said, "What do you mean you're going to Ecuador? Where is that?" Yeah. And I said, "Well, I'm assuming it's somewhere around the equator because that's why they probably called the country Ecuador." But I literally had to look it up on the yeah. map and say, "You know what? What have I got to lose in in this in this case?" And like I said, it turned into almost like a life's passion, but uh, you got to take a little bit of risk. There's that That's for sure. Fair enough. So let's talk now uh, about, uh, maybe we'll come back to finance and trading in Wall Street, but let's talk about <laughs> this technology that we're in now. Let's talk about mobility and IoT. So you've you've clearly defined, you like to learn, um, lifelong learner. What, what have you learned and you know, what have you seen in the last couple of years? What's, what's the most valuable for you? Uh, that you've been able to help understand about this technology? So I think what the most important thing to understand is obviously that technology continues to evolve uh, as it kind of starts to replace traditional technologies, whether it's using um, LTE and 5G for replacement of things we don't even think about, like copper pots lines that are going away, uh, whether it's improving the experience of how users get smart devices like smartphones or tablets, or whether it's where I see the industry going, which is eventually when we talk about the real flavor of 5G that, that we're now gonna to start to have access to with uh, C-band being approved by the, by the FCC, it's not gonna bring down any planes. Uh, it, it won't, it, it never has, but now the FCC says it won't, so we could start using 5G C-band you're gonna to start to see more and more organizations start to morph their traditional infrastructure into wireless, uh, giving employees uh, laptops with embedded 5G connection and secure private 5G connection that connects them into all the core applications and cloud-based applications of each specific organization. So I'm starting to see this really a, a almost like a quiet digital transformation that you know we need to start talking about now because we don't want to be at the tail end of finding out that oh i didn't realize that the entire company's infrastructure uh with the new format of either work from home or hybrid has completely changed to a cellular based one uh, as opposed to having fixed circuits so yeah for for me that that's really where the industry's going it's it's becoming more and more obvious uh, and I think anyone who's kind of working either in the communication side of fixed line wireless or in the cloud-based application side needs to embrace it because that will be part of the total solution. And good points. And, and we should probably back up for just a second for anybody that maybe doesn't understand how broad the umbrella is when we say mobility and IoT. What does that encompass, right? And and, and in a high level, obviously, Anything with a SIM, anything that can be part of a data plan. And and so, you know, you, you brought up a good point of it could be laptops with a data plan that we can then inherently secure. It could be iPads. It could be mobile devices. It could be a, a sensor on a propane tank that, you know, needs to be part of a data plan. And so I, I think it's good to to understand anything else you want to add to that of, of when you think of mobility and IoT, think of this. Uh, anything addition you want to add in there? 
Yeah, I think anything that involves a workforce that's moving around, whether it, it could be everything from a truck driver driving a vehicle, vehicles are all smart vehicles now, they all have some form of embedded fleet solution in them that is communicating back to a hub via cellular connection, an LTE connection or 5G connection, um, a tablet that's installed in the vehicle that defines everything from routing to uh, efficiencies of how to drive the vehicle to anywhere else as far as safety or training. So now there's actually cameras looking at drivers, making sure they don't look down at their phones uh, while they're driving or fall asleep, and AI-based uh, software that then triggers alerts if they do. So in case they doze off, it wake, wakes them up or sets off an alarm and lets them know, hey, we know your eyes are going down and to the left, so we know you're looking at your phone uh, for, on a text or something else while you're driving, that's that's a penalty. So anything that's a moving vehicle, anything that involves providing services in the field, uh, whether it be uh, someone coming to maintain your AC system at home or uh, a, a home health uh, representative coming to do home health care that needs to log into your, uh, you know, your HIPAA compliant file and be able to update your medical record. Uh, those are all cellular enabled devices or endpoints. And that entire ecosystem is either in the process of or is already transferred over to a cellular base. Good. Awesome explanation. Let's let's talk for a second about Mattil. Uh, I want to talk about you, know, you guys, I think, historically as a company over the years have done a great job in innovating, recognizing where this thing is going, where partners and where customers need help. Talk to me about how you've seen Mattel innovate uh, over time and how that value has translated for not just partners, but for, for customers in the end too. Yeah, so I think Mattel is very much important. Part of the reason why I came here, it seems like yesterday, but I think it's been about 11 years now. The, part of the reason why I moved to Mattel is it, it really is a customer solution driven organization. So we we get customers come in with the most difficult problems. You know, we kind of pull in the smartest people we can for that specific solution set in a room and we solve for it. And then we look at the problem and we try to realize whether that's the same problem that 3,000 of our other customers might have. So then we try to productize it and deliver it out in, in, into, in, essentially into industry. And I think that has always benefited uh, the channel really well. And, and by the way, to this day, and Mattel's been around since 1996, to this day, I think over 90% of our revenue is really driven by the channel. So a lot of what we do is we obviously want to create solutions for customers, but we also want to create solutions that agents uh, and consultants can go out and deliver to customers as a form of value, as a form of technology solution, which I think makes that conversation a lot deeper for them. And I think that's really where we've always succeeded as an organization is by coming up with very unique solutions to, to either very well-known problems or very unique problems out in the field. Uh, and, that's, and that's carried over our wireline business or obviously the wireless business that we try to innovate almost on a regular basis. But I think that's really the, the greatest value we've brought to the channel we've brought to customers over the years. Let's talk about to, to that point to the customer side of it. So that's the that's the process that you've explained that kind of happens behind the scenes. How you've innovated, how you've how you've got this great technology set at your at your uh, at your arsenal there. What do you find now? And you know, I don't. We, we can keep customer names out of this for say, but 
what do you find that the customers are saying? Because what what we like is we like kind of the art of the possible conversation, and and it feels like that's a lot of what you guys do as well. So so once that's you know either implemented or once that idea is pitched, what do you find the customers saying as part of this? Right? Are they are they knowing these things were possible or their eyes opened up or they just happy they finally found something that, that works or what are you hearing so i'm um, i'm sure kind of all of the above but i i think I w- i'll give you a very unique customer example because you know in my role i'm i'm usually either trying to solve for technology or i'm trying to solve for cost and i think most agents and consultants out there when they approach their customer base they're trying to solve for one of those two or they're trying to identify which which of those two are really the the predominant as far as what the customer's trying to accomplish. But I had a, a, a customer down in Florida, it's actually a healthcare, uh, healthcare company uh, called Rotec Healthcare. And uh, Rotec delivers medical supplies to folks that are homebound. And part of the process, what they want us to do for them, and we, and we deployed multiple types of both wireline and wireless technologies for them, but they had a specific wireless project where they wanted to create these uh, driver tablets. And the driver tablets were essentially when someone's delivering either a piece of equipment to someone's house or an oxygen tank as a refill, that's that's part of that process. Uh, they wanted to enable them to do more than just deliver it. So they wanted to digitize the process. Step one, kind of move away from papers. But step two, really enable an opportunity for an upsell. In many of these cases, you have a family member on site that says, you know what, you're here already. I'd like to have an extra oxygen tank, or I'd like to have another piece of machinery, and I'd like to pay for it. So we created these uh, tablets with special ruggedized cases that had credit card swipes on them, and then integrated uh, a credit card processing provider as part of the enrollment process of how we delivered these tablets with all the applications locked down and delivered over the air to these tablets. And, and what happened was not at all what I expected, and I'm not even sure they're a CIO, a very smart lady, expected it either, we increased their revenue by 300%. So, and again, that's great, but certainly wasn't the original goal. But I think it's just, it's important for all of us as technologists, as advisors to sometimes take a step back and, and look at the art of the possible. And in this case, the art of the possible was we literally grew a company by 300% just by pivoting how they do the service they do today and inserting a digital aspect to it that made the process better for uh, end users. You know, if you think of like Uber, we all owned cars before Uber. We all had smartphones before Uber, but you know, somebody had to put the pieces together. In this case, a lot, a lot of times what we do from a technology perspective, from a delivery perspective, a solution delivery perspective can really impact the overall operation of a company. And that was just one great example of when my customer came to me and said, hey, you grew our business by 300%. I was like, no, I, I think you're confused. I think you, I'm not your board, you know, I'm I'm your yeah. vendor. And they're like, no, 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 you grew our business by 300%. So for me, it's, it's sometimes you have to take that step back. You have to think about how the technology is really gonna impact your customer. Uh, and, and then you're gonna get that those kinds of surprises. Uh, as feedback from the customers. Love it. Awesome story. Uh, and I think it's, it, it, you know, it's part of the favorite uh, of, of what our role is. You know, just speaking for us for a second, from an engineering side, um, sometimes it's hard for, for us to take our propeller hats off, right? Mine is sitting just out of sight over here so that you don't, you don't judge me. <laughs> I know you have one. But 
I, I think that's where we see the value is that the, the customers, they know their businesses really well. They don't understand all the different technologies that are out there, nor could they pay attention to all of them and how quickly technology is iterating. And, and this one thing that have iterated may have changed their life and they have no idea that it even exists. And so I love that when you can just, to your point, the art of the possible and just take a minute and understand the business. And so that's what I hope our, our, our partners do as well in these conversations is just tell me about your business. Let's talk about the problems that you have and let me work on, let me see what we can do. Let me see what we can build. And then we obviously, you know, figure out all the tools in our arsenal of how we can pull that off. And there are all these indirect, uh, in your case, 300% uh, increase, these great indirect benefits that you're the hero for. And you're just thinking, ah, I can solve this one really easy problem. There's all this extra benefit that comes along with it. Yeah, that, by the way, is what I do internally here with our sales engineers is every time they come in, they start talking about we're going to design this. I go, okay, let's let's just pause for a minute. What do these people do for a living? Uh, how are they different than everyone else in their space? What has changed in their business over the last five years? Like, let's look at those parameters and then let's make sure we're designing something that, you know, can actually enable them to improve how they deliver service. Everyone has a customer in the end. Our customers have customers. So how are we improving that process overall for the customer? Great story. So as we get uh, close to the end here, so, uh, you know, think about every, anybody that may be listening to this. It may be current partners. It may be people that are thinking about getting into this space and, and you know, getting into the brokerage and starting to, to offer technology and, and sell those things to their customers. But if, if, if I'm a partner and you're out there talking to partners and maybe they're, maybe they're in this space and they're just not selling these things yet. Maybe they're focused on contact center. Maybe they're focused on cloud or, or, you know, they're really good at those things. If you're a partner, you know, if you've got a partner listening to this, what, what would you encourage them about talking to their customers that they already have relationships with? What, what would you coach them to, to, to pitch? I, I would definitely say whatever solutions you're uh, currently uh, providing or advising onto your customers, that solution has to make its way to the edge. And the edge is the human that works for that organization. And the only way that edge uh, gets the delivery of that software or cloud-based, whether it's UCAS, whether it's whatever you're advising them on, is, is typically looks something like this. So if, if you're not having the conversation around cellular or mobility or what their environment is today, you really need to. Uh, quite frankly, in the next two quarters, you're going to start to see a surge of even laptops that are 5G enabled making their way into the enterprise space. And that means that's going to be a very important edge component to whatever cloud-based offering you're trying to sell. And your ability to come to your customers and say, I can provide the entire bundle, not just one piece of it, uh, I think will make that conversation a lot more powerful uh, for for you as an agent or, or a consultant or advisor to the company. So definitely start those conversations now. It's going to position you really, really well uh, when when that broader conversation starts to take place of how to enable the entire workforce. Good point. Uh, Max, final thoughts. So we're we're looking out. We're looking at the future. I think you've you've hinted at um, there's going to be some good stuff with 5G. Any, you know, if you look maybe 12 months, 24 months, I know it's hard to even look past that because this stuff changes so fast. But anything, you know, if you look into the max crystal ball, uh, where you see this thing going, what do you see foresee happening in the next little while? I think the biggest change is, you know, we've 
unfortunately had, you know, marketing did a horrible job of how great 5G is when it wasn't. And I think some people, you know, kind of looked looked away from it. I think I think what you're going to see over the next 12 months is the true form of 5G. And I say that because you're going to start to see people, and by people, I mean actual enterprise businesses cutting the cord. Uh, They're going to start to enable a workforce that's either home-based or hybrid uh, with more cellular-based devices that actually will be able to run at 500 megabits per second to a gig over cellular. So that's going to change a lot because once you start to run a workforce on 5G, you start to take all the benefits of 5G, like how do you deliver cloud-based software to that edge device? How do you manage it? Um, How do you prioritize it? So a lot of those elements are going to start to become part of the overall design conversation with customers. And I'd be shocked if 12 months from now, we're not having a conversation about, um, you know, why aren't we you know, already implementing both a smart device, a smartphone, and a laptop as part of that. Again, that employee onboarding experience. You want everyone to be on LinkedIn talking about, you know, showing all the swag they got mm-hmm. from their new company. So you you need to normalize that uh, that new employee uh, onboarding experience. And part of that is going to include not just the smartphone or the tablet that we do today, but the laptop with embedded connectivity as well. Love it. Great points. And it's so crazy to hear 500 megs on a device, like it's no big deal, right? And, and I still feel like it was yesterday growing up with dial up and going to sleep and going, I hope my oh, one yeah. song downloads tonight. And then you'd find out that somebody <laughs> called in the middle of the night and you didn't have call waiting and it busted the download. And here you are. No, no, no Nirvana <laughs> song, no Pearl I Jam, no okay. nothing, just a bunch of viruses. So. <laughs> Good stuff. Max, uh, appreciate you coming on. Max Silber, VP of Mobility and IoT for Mettel. Thanks so much for coming on the show, sir. Thank you, Josh. And thanks to Tolaris. Awesome. All right, everybody, that wraps us up for this week. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering here at Tolaris. This wraps up Next Level BizTech Podcast. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.